Okay. Okay. Father, we uh, we come to you and we ask for grace and your teaching that you would help us to learn how to better care for the people that you send our way with EPH. So we pray that uh, you keep our minds open and attentive and that you would uh, show us what you want us to know. All right, we're going to talk about prostatic hyperplasia today. Extremely, extremely important and very common, unfortunately, very common situation for our male patients and one that I think we're um, better at. I know that I, I frequently think this is a fairly straightforward topic, and I send one of my BPH patients to a urologist finally, and they do different things. Right. I feel like I feel like it's always a good refresher kind of thing. So that's what we're going to be doing in the next forty-five minutes or so. I have until what time to go to the dentist? Um, <laughs> you have to go to the dentist. Like that? It's two thirty. Um, we'll start off with Jay's. So bad. Walking right into that. <laughs> The case of the case of DW, DW is a 65-year-old male with type 2 diabetes, stage 3 chronic kidney disease, and hypertension. He's currently on metformin monotherapy. He reports tobacco use in the past. He decides to visit provider for urinary symptoms that have been going on for a while. Bacteria three times nightly. Urinary hesitancy, sensation of incomplete emptying, and postvoid dribbling. Burning, no blood in the urine, no fever, no chills. Still works as a world famous actor, but uh, the urgency that he's experiencing is embarrassing. He's begun getting yelled at by his directors because sometimes between takes, he needs to find a place to go and relieve himself. So he comes to see you. So what do you what do you sort of notice from this case that you're already sort of thinking about in terms of EPH? Age. Okay, so some of the symptoms are kind of highlighting out. Male. Male. Okay, thank you for that. Oh, Identifies as male anyway. Right. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's Those right. void chronicity. Okay, chronicity. Yeah. Some other kind of thinking as he's talking to you about all these things, right? Sort of formulating thoughts about this. So just kind of use that as kind of a where we're going. So the goals for the time that we have together, I just want to review the basics. And talk about the medical treatments for BPH, what I'm going to do for medication. And then we're going to talk about some of the surgical treatments, although these are constantly changing. You'll sort of see that as we get there. Um, our urology colleagues have all sorts of wonderful things that they like to do. So uh, that's where we're kind of going. In order to get there, here's what we're going to do. We're going to define it first, carefully define it. We're going to describe and characterize what are called lower urinary tract symptoms, or so-called LUTs, as obstructive or irritative. We're going to divide them in our minds in that way. I'm going to talk a little bit about the lab work and working this up. We are going to stay just shy of discussing prostate cancer, right? So there's often 
you know, overlap between these two diagnoses, but I'm going to try really hard to stay out of that as I lecture all its own. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the lab work. Uh, the two main medications and now three, sort of talk through those and how they're used for BPH. And then we'll talk about surgical options. Okay, is that good? That's where we're going. All right, define it for me. Tell me what BPH is, anyone? Big prostate. Big prostate. Okay. Benign. Benign. <laughs> Name, right? Like a, like a symmetrical enlargement. Yeah. Okay. It often is. Yeah. I think that's part of the definition. Certainly, it's, it's usually symmetric. Causing some sort of obstruction. There's some kind of difficulty. Right? I mean, you know, it's it's if you have an enlarged prostate, let's say on MRI, but the patient has absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. I mean, you might note that, but as far as it being BPH, it really has to cause symptoms. It is benign. It is age associated, right? So it does tend to go up in age, and then it's prostate gland enlargement. And so, visual folks, it is just a big. Prostate, right? It sits at the base of the bladder, causes lots of problems. It is technically a hyperplasia. So in the old days, we used benign prostatic hypertrophy. But if you think, if you look under the microscope, this is actually a true hyperplasia. So there's an increase in the number of cells versus the size of cells. Okay. So, very common. Right? So the way to remember this is 50 by 50 and 80 by 80. Every patient probably that you see in their 80s, a male, is symptoms. He's, he's either not telling you or they're not bad enough. If you start questioning him, he probably does have. Okay, very common. All right, and that's what I would like for you to use as the language, right? So one of my pet peeves, and I have lots of them, one of my pet peeves is when you come to check out a patient and you say, I'm seeing this patient for his BPH symptoms. Okay. For that, I'm going to say, please use the correct terminology. Because there are other things that cause lower urinary tract symptoms. Those are urinary tract infections, PI, prostate cancer, prostate cancer, STD. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, right? And women also have lower urinary or urinary tract symptoms. And so that language is used in that world as well. And so when you just, you're not going to say BPH symptoms when you come and check these folks out, right? Not BPH symptoms. <laughs> you want to use some kind of objective measurement. Now, I'll be honest, this is not available, I don't think, in Cerner. <clears throat> print this off or have it up, you know, while you're talking to the patient. Um, and while I was doing this lecture, I actually realized this sort of tongue in cheek. Yeah, name of this. Yeah. Anybody yeah. ever know that? <laughs> you didn't notice that, did you? <laughs> Until I pointed it out. No, I didn't. Sorry to. Yeah, but anyway, that's it's a good it's a good way to remember it, I guess. So the International Prostate Symptom Score is is a validated instrument used to kind of quantify and characterize the symptoms, and so it's very useful. It's kind of what it looks like. So in the past month. <clears throat> In the past month, how often have you had the sensation of not emptying? That's obviously an important symptom you want to ask. 
How often have you had to urinate less than every two hours? That's the definition of frequency. How often have you found you started again several times? That's called intermittency. How often have you found it difficult to postpone urination? That's urgency. How do you how do you ask that? It's sort of like when you have the sensation of needing to urinate, do you need to get to the bathroom right now? You have this really strong sense of urgency. That's how you ask it? Yeah, I say, it, when I ask you about YouTube, sometimes I'll say, you have the feeling that, like, if you don't get to the bathroom right now, you're going to pee yourself. Like, you have yeah, to pee really good way to ask it, right? That's what urgency is. How often have you had a weak urinary stream? Straining, how often have you had to strain to start urination or to keep urination going, right? So this sort of valsalva having to bear down and to help the bladder, the detrusor muscle, which job to empty the bladder, right? So we're helping it pressure. And how many times do you typically get up at night to urinate? This is probably the most common reason that, they, that a patient will come in and talk to you. They're no longer sleeping very well. I get up four or five times a night, miserable, right? Lots in that report that bacteria is probably the number one. And as part of the international prostate symptom score, there is a kind of a qualitative piece of this. It's not working. This 